and welcome to another MLEX podcast. I'm Sam Wilkin, Brussels News Editor, and today we're going to talk about sustainable finance. This is something that has captured the imagination of, of climate regulators and activists as a way to potentially use the free market to encourage and, and support environmental targets. But can it live up to the hype? Here to discuss that with me is John Rieger, our Chief Financial Services Correspondent. Hi, John. Hi. Um, first of all, just give us give us a quick overview. What is sustainable finance? Well, a lot of it's right in the name. Sustainability is about looking at the long term, trying to uh, achieve the goals of tomorrow, not just to, to make a buck for today. There's no point in making a buck for today if it costs your children a lot more. So the idea is to steer banks and investors towards uh, backing the things that we want for our planet, for, for our citizens for the future. And does that make sense to them in a sort of in terms of profitability? Is, can it be a wise investment as well as a, an ethical one? The idea is it could actually make the finance more competitive because you're investing in things that you can, in activities that you can actually keep going for future generations. So um, the, the proponents would argue that it actually reinforces things like financial stability and the free market economy. Okay. And so I understand not only is this something that activists are putting forward, it's something that regulators are also trying to promote, especially here in the EU. What, what steps have been taken here in Brussels? This has been a, a big initiative of the European Commission that's been on the boil over the last uh, year or so. It, the, uh, the EU executive body here in Brussels, they appointed an expert panel to give recommendations, which have now been turned into the first set of, uh, of legislation on this. But of course, it being the, the EU, it's almost the most complicated way uh, you can imagine doing it. There's legislation to save a place for defining green terms in other financial rules. Those terms have yet to be defined. The Commission has appointed another group of experts to help define what exactly is a green bond or what is a environmentally friendly investment. After they decide on those terms, they'll be put into the rule book so that uh, you know, the banks and asset managers will will start to work toward the same goals. Okay, and why is it so difficult to define what is green and what is not green? There's a lot of green already in the market, but a lot of critics would say that in some ways it's more greenwashing than actual environmentalism. For example, if funds investing in things that they call you know clean coal, which is uh, obviously very controversial in environmental circles. So it's easy to call yourself green, but if you're not meeting the goals of, for example, you know the Paris Agreement to to minimize uh, climate change, then uh, you know, are you really an environmentalist at heart? So that's what why the uh, European bodies want to define what these things mean. Okay, and once they've done that, what are the incentives that they want to offer? Well, hopefully attract a lot of uh, investors' money because it starts with disclosure. So fund managers should explain to their clients what their policies are, and uh, they can't just greenwash, as we were saying. They have to they have to be able to uh, show that they're pursuing things that are accepted by the environmental experts as green. Uh, in the future, it could lead to other things. For example, financial companies could get easier regulations in some areas if they are putting their money into some of these uh, approved areas. The theory is, uh, you know, investments in, say, solar as opposed to coal power, if they're more sustainable over time, they're less risky. That's the theory. That's quite interesting because a lot of the financial regulation we've had for the past decade has obviously been aimed at uh, shoring up stability of financial institutions, making sure they're not overstretched, making sure effectively we don't have another financial crisis. So if regulators are considering giving a, a break for green investments, is that in conflict with uh, those that other sort of main 
main aim that they have of, of keeping stability. Of course, the proponents say it actually helps stability because it's putting money towards things that we're not uh, going to have to, um, you know, unwind in, in 20 years' time. But, yeah, for sure, on the other side, uh, there are a lot of um, um, doubters, even among some people with very, you know, for example, Green Party politicians who have doubts about using, uh, you know, lo- loosening any of the prudential rules that we've, that we've seen put in place since the financial crisis. People who remember the, the previous uh, uh, rules for banks um, recall that uh, there were a lot of breaks uh, for mortgage lending, and some of that was politically driven with the idea of, you know, helping people own their own homes. Uh, and, uh, well, we, we saw how that played out. Yeah, and presumably there's nothing about sort of solar farms, for example, that stops them going bust or makes them immune to a, a bubble or any of the other things that can that can affect an investment, right? Solar farms do go busted, and uh, and uh, if investors pile into um, you know the same set of assets, uh, it does create the possibility of a bubble. So this has to be handled with care. The European Commission, which is the you know the main initiator of these rules, has said that it would carefully study any possible uh, proposal. But of course, um, you know, if, if the political winds change, uh, you know, we'll, we'll have to see. Obviously, that's uh, something to watch. And we can probably expect something quite measured to, to come out of the commission and the whole sort of EU policymaking process. That, that, I suppose, raises the question, is it enough from a climate perspective, not from a financial perspective now, but in terms of, of getting the EU to meet its climate goals, which it's, it's not on track to do at the moment? How far can, can this take us to that goal? The policymakers call it a complementary, not not a substitute for public action. Uh, no one claims this is a silver bullet. Uh, the European policymakers are fond of reminding um, everyone that uh, Europe needs 180 billion euros a year invested in in these kind of long-term projects. Uh, but total green bond issuance in Europe has has been less than that over the last decade. So I have the feeling this is you know something something maybe to add to the to the pile of other measures that will have to be done. This. Certainly, it's not replacing us taxpayers. And in terms of next steps, um, I remember you wrote a story a couple of weeks ago that they, they might introduce a stick alongside the carrot and think about penalizing very environmentally unfriendly investments. How, how would that look and, and what's the likelihood of that happening? So far, there's no, there's no push yet to try to define what might be you know, brown investments. But you can see the political logic. If we're to define you know, the sort of the good green things, it, it could be tempting uh, for politicians to try to uh, to try to add the penalty phase as well, we'll we'll have to see how that plays out. At the moment, I don't hear a lot of um, a lot of people pushing for that in Brussels. Finally, last question, just to to zoom out a little bit from the EU, what's going on in in the rest of the world? This is definitely on the uh, agenda in in places outside of Europe, although to varying degrees of interest. In Asia, some of our colleagues have reported how Chinese regulators are are under some pressure to try to change their rules so that, uh, for example, green bonds issued there could attract European investors who, who will have to be um, you know, meeting the European standards. Meanwhile, the, Europe is, uh, is pushing other regions to try to get on board. Uh, they brought it up at the, at the group of 20 meetings as far back as, uh, as a year ago. There's some you know, discussion of these policy issues as well in the U.S., although they're, uh, according to reports by the regulatory bodies, um, you know, the American industry is behind on things like preparing insurance companies for climate change risks. Okay, John, thank you very much. Uh, that's all we've got time for this time. So uh, it's time just to say goodbye from John. Goodbye. 
And for me to remind you to uh, stay in touch with us, um, sign up on your preferred platform if you'd like to hear more of our podcasts. And on our website, you can see the, the story I mentioned earlier and, and some of our related coverage as well. That's it from me. I've been Sam Wilkin. Thank you for listening and catch you next time. Bye-bye.